Welcome to Because You Need to Know. I'm Edwin K. Morse, President and Founder of Pioneer Knowledge Services. This series is your digital resource of valuable conversations with nonprofit and knowledge management enthusiasts from across industries and from around the globe. Today's guests are many, but the organization is one. And it's actually a global organization of concerned citizens around the effort of knowledge and its management, and also its innovation and leadership and just all those other things that good knowledge can bring. So let me go around the horn and introduce everybody. I'm your host today, Edwin K. Morse. Uh, I'm here in sunny, no, it's not sunny, Western New York State. And to my left is Art Murray. Art. Yeah, hi. Uh, we're out here in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, west of Washington, D.C., and we also represent the IIKI, International Institute of Knowledge and Innovation, one of the many institutes in the KM Global Network. Great yeah, to thanks. be here. We're definitely going to be talking about that. Annie Green, I know in proximity, you're close to art. Yeah, I'm here in the DMV as well, but I'm in Alexandria, Virginia, just right outside of D.C., well, good to see you, Annie. And all the way to some other part of the globe, we've got Vincent. Vincent? Hi, everyone. So I'm Vincent, based in, uh, in Bangkok. I run the Institute for Knowledge and Innovation at Bangkok University, the part also of the KMG and Network. Glad to be here, too. Thank you, Vincent. And Moria, speaking from Israel, I lead the Israeli KM Forum of Knowledge Management, and I'm co-chair of the KMGN, and I'm so glad that we have so many KM organizations, part of them uh, represented here as part of our global cooperation and collaboration for knowledge management. Collaboration. You got to love that. I, I think the, the world needs a little bit more collaboration. So what does KMGN stand for and, and how did it start? I'll ask anybody. Vincent, you want to start? Sure, I'd be happy to give a bit of historical background. So in 2014, I was already based in, uh, in Bangkok here, and uh, I had a lot of interaction with the Hong Kong Polytech University and their KM Center, as well as with, uh, with Singapore and also with, with Australia. We were all doing our own things, our own activity, and so we thought that it would be very powerful if we if we could get all together to see if we could collaborate on, on, on creating this, what we call at the time, the KM Global Network. We had an event, we signed an MOU, this four, uh, four countries, so Thailand, Hong Kong, uh, Singapore, and Australia to start with. And slowly over the years, so we were all connected to their network. We invited different countries to join, so different group of practitioners but also academics to join this uh, initial group of, uh, of the KMGN. And so nowadays uh, we grow up to, if I'm right, Maria, you may correct me, but 13 countries uh, who have joined the KM Global Network from all over the world. And again, with the intent of, of trying to promote knowledge management, helping each other and supporting each other. Is this organization based like a co-op? I mean, people help each other out. There's no, to some degree, there's a, there's a line of competition in here a little bit between providers, I'm thinking, uh, because knowledge management consultants and companies and people that are doing this, one, we like to share knowledge, but 
Two, you're, you're kind of competing to some degree for the business, if you will. So what does the end goal of KMGN stand for? I'll what, add in, what are you... first of all, that's how it started with four countries. Today we have 12 countries and still counting because you want to add additional ones. I'll just name them. So they are mentioned, we have the Australia uh, community. We have the Hong Kong community. We have the Thailand community. We have the Singapore community, the Russian community, the US community, the French community, uh, a community from, from India, from, uh, from Japan, from South Africa, from Indonesia, and from Israel. So these are our current 12. Now, 12, uh, 2019, we took another upgrade. And we told ourselves that, first of all, we don't have competition because we are an organization of organizations. And each organization has inside also students and researchers and business consultants and KMs and organizations. And they're all working together within the specific local organization. And we are uniting them all together. Now, in two years ago, we decided to upgrade ourselves, not only to help and collaborate on knowledge management uh, between these organizations and countries. But we decided to go to a higher level where we are seeking how to bring prosperity to the globe, to organizations, to the public through knowledge management. And we are seeking how to A, help knowledge management advance with bigger, with better technologies, better methodologies, better implementation. And B, we want not only to be uh, better, but also known and people to be aware, an organization to be aware of the knowledge management and to use it and to implement it, bring us to our vision of a society prosperity through knowledge management. I think that that connects us with our course because we asked ourselves, it's nice words, it's cliche, but what can we actually do in order to, to dream and to fulfill and yet aim to this prosperity? And therefore, we started several activities, among them our course. So we'll get to that course in due time here in this chat. You're, you're basically saying that the organizational structure created the opportunity of one, a global village, and two, an opportunity for learning to happen. And now you're in a sponsorship kind of position to where you're bringing together topics and experts to be able to share and deliver new content, new information, new knowledge. We are also sharing and also developing together new knowledge. An important part of that is knowledge management itself as a discipline is multidisciplinary. It involves so many different things. A lot of people just think it's about search and IT, but no. For instance, uh, Vincent over there in Bangkok, you, a lot of his uh, focus is on culture and how do I you know, work within culture. Um, Annie and I in the IIKI in the US, we, we have an enterprise of the future program and Annie's work on you know what, how do you manage the different knowledge assets and intellectual assets in an organization. Moria and Lessons Learned. And we could go on with all of the different uh, chapters in the KM Global Network. Each one has one or more unique areas of expertise that together uh, we have a very unique capability to offer. 
Well, it does sound like a powerhouse, and it sounds like it's not behind the gate of a certain university or a certain source. It is a global source that is a fluid system. And we're kind of self-organizing. Isn't that part of knowledge management and, and the, the area that we study about self-organizing systems? We're probably a good example of that, right? Well, and that's refreshing in this world of chaotic organizations, uh, for sure. Andy Green, uh, you've got a serious look on your face. What do you got? <laughs> oh, I'm sitting here listening to Art and thinking, um, yeah, with this group, the thing that I think that's most prominent is that, and, and I come from a systems engineering perspective, but we need to be able to see it in the perspective of what's going on in today, which is a total digital transformation or representation of the organization. This is one of the things that I find really um, inspiring about the organization is that it brings so many different people together with so many different views and each of them have different skill sets and we begin to see how things are integrated and talk about it. And hopefully um, it'll lead to like a framework or a methodology that is standard and consistent so that you can then not have to compare apples to pears, but apples to apples, so to speak. I, I like that. That would bring a solidarity to this yeah. discipline uh, mm -hmm. that's much needed. Even though, you know, you're going to have cultural or regional capacities and or constraints that may not be shared globally, uh, at least to have a flat approach that the organization and what the KM brings is kind of common themed through common belief or pattern. Yes. Absolutely. All right. So that, that wraps up a nice nutshell of what this is all about. Somebody tell me about the future. What, where does KMGN go from here? KMGN decided that it wants to bring better KM to the world. And it wants to spread the rumor. So we are going in several directions. One direction has to do with those who are part of us and those who are engaged into our activities. So we are seeking to have more people, more organizations, more engagement. That's one channel. The second channel has to do with our learning. This year in 2020, we ran this KMAI course after we understood that this connection of KM and AI, part of the digital transformation, is probably the most practical yet innovational technology-based advancement that has to do with knowledge management. On 2022, we are planning to hold a different course that has to do with the methodologies, with new and advanced methodologies for KM. So that's another direction that we are developing our knowledge. In between, Today, I opened a new team as for requests that came to me as to standardization, ISO 3041 standardization. I got a request from a country that even is not part of KMGN saying that would be a great idea if we could team up and share and think together and globally work on how to foster the awareness and drive the implementation of the ISO new standard worldwide. And Vincent is already on our new team and we have already 10 people from Jordan, from India, from Pakistan, from Thailand, from UK, from Israel, 
And that's great. And there are, will be more to come. So the first channel are people and organizations. The second channel is learning. The third channel are activities. Now, we will be holding and fostering activities. And these are two different things because we will be holding activities and conferences this year, next year, the, near, the year after. But we are also fostering activities because the money we get, the courses themselves cost only something that is considered in most countries in the world symbolic. I'm being very careful because there are countries where the proportions are different. But the money we get and the hours we get from volunteering are used in order to foster activities in the local KM organizations and together of sharing, of collaboration, of spreading out the word in different levels, both local and both global. And we are helping them all from one well, place. Let's, let's, let's do a environmental scan here. So I want somebody to tell me why now, why now is this starting to pick up traction with this continual resurgence of value driven from knowledge management in a global sense why now is this happening why is this success and growth with kmgn now happening after all these yeah. years can i, can I it, it's interesting because you're right uh ai kind of surfaced in 1956 at the triple ai you know conference and knowledge management then surfaced later in the 80s or the 90s. And it's like for every element that we decide that needs to be there in order to improve performance, and then we realize that a component is missing. So what we do is we drop the previous one and then we move on to the new one and we kind of focus on that. And so I think that it's resurgent now because everybody's beginning to realize again that all of these are integrated. They all work together. And so we need to actually determine or come up with, and again, there's that framework or there's that um, discipline. What are the actual roles and activities and things that are involved in each one of these areas so that we can have a complete set? Because as you notice, we drifted into digital transformation. And when we got into digital transformation, we realized that it was failing. And then you realize it's failing because you know what? You forgot about knowledge management. So now knowledge management is back on the block but hopefully this time around, it'll be presented in an integrated fashion so that it not only shows the internal activities, but it actually shows the external entities that interface with it as well. I hope that makes sense. Do you, do you think the, the foundation of KM has gathered some or garnered some strength and resilience with the new ISO from 2018? Is that a monumental piece of this? Not yet. ISO 3041, as much as I want to see it flourish, we're not there at that, st that stage yet. In US, we got some slow changes. There are countries like UK who are, who are faster. In many uh, countries, it took time until they translated the standard. A change of a standard until it is really internalized, it takes something like 10 years. And we are not yet there, but we are starting to help it. So maybe it will be seven years. Maybe we will have the, the pioneers. I think that we have several additional factors that are helping us. One of them is the flourishing of the technology. And every time you put in additional automation and additional technologies into organizations, people do less routine things and 
their success in their job relies more and more on their brains, on their, not on the process, because the process already is automated. If we look at Peter Drucker and the 20th century was all about processes, now it's all about knowledge and information. And in the first years, organizations thought that it would be okay. Now they are only starting to start to understand that maybe something has to be organized. Knowledge management is not yet flourishing. We are not yet there. Technology is one factor, all the automation of processes. Second factor are good people that by chance, something that is part of the, of the game, teamed together and decided to be, as you are, a good citizens that try to make a difference. And we must say that COVID gave us a little push because people around the globe got used to collaborating on Zoom, on Teams, on other virtual channels or, or platforms. And therefore, it's beginning to be a bit easier. So take the technology, add the people, the secret ingredient, and we have the COVID that enables it even better. Everyone knows how to operate things and are used to it. And we have an opening. It's not really a boom. We are starting to work. I hope that 12 months from now, we will be in a much better place. But things grow and takes time. So out of your description, and I'll throw this out to the rest of the group, it sounds like the weak link is still people. We, we have, a, I believe, a perfect storm forming here with a lot of the ingredients that Moria just, just mentioned. And part of that perfect storm is the workforce itself, the changing demographics, the aging workforce. And maybe 10, 20 years ago, in the early days of KM, we said, hey, when your workforce retires, all this knowledge is going to walk out the door. Well, people still didn't want, they wanted to hoard their knowledge because they believe it made them valuable. Now the workforce is, is getting ready to retire and their bosses are saying, no, you can't leave now. <laughs> what are we going to do? So there's that aspect. The hyper automation and the digital transformation that's going on and the speed of which change occurs, the, the volume of data, the, the velocity with which that data is, is bombarding us. There was, a, there was a belief that, oh, uh, these new AI systems and IT systems and search tools make everything available at just the click of a button and everything will be just fine. Well, that didn't happen. What was missing? Like we were saying, the people aspects, there's the human element to make sense out of all the data that's coming in. That's another element of this perfect storm where KM can, can play. Finally, the upper management executive level used to just give lip service. They would say, okay, uh, can you spell KM? All right, you're the chief knowledge officer. You're our, you're our KM director. And that was it. They gave lip service to it. Didn't put a whole lot of resources in. But now with all of this dynamism going on with the, the rapid change, companies and executives are seeing that their organizations are falling behind. They're unable to keep up, to keep pace with all the changes. But the way to do that is through KM, because yeah. KM, as we've been talking about, integrates all these different elements together. And the last thing then, as organizations have begun to do this and document this, and we have now more case histories available, 
we can see measurable impacts and changes, positive changes in performance. And that's definitely what gets executive levels attention. And then they're saying, ah, now we get interest in the standard. Now we get interest in putting real resources mm -hmm. behind this notion of knowledge management, which previously just wasn't fully understood. So we're, we're we, as Moria says, we're getting there, and, and this is this is the right time. Well, is this a key ingredient then for the future? Is in this people-centered um, skill set of knowledge and knowledge handling, is education and training? even more important now, and I'm not talking just certifications or you go for a week and get a certification. Is there an academic structure that needs to have happen across the board? Yeah, yeah Vincent, you're, yeah. And sorry, you're the center ahead, of the academic ahead, world there, Vincent, so take it away. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah, when it comes to uh, education and, I mean, educating people about, uh, about knowledge management. So there has been some, some academic programs, I mean, master's degree and, and PhD uh, degrees. But uh, I think that's, I mean, that's good and it helps to, um, to develop some uh, people at a high level and understand a bit uh, the theories behind uh, all of these things. But uh, I believe, uh, I mean, it should be uh, taught much earlier into the, uh, the academic program. So, I mean, if we just look at uh, what we call personal knowledge management, I mean, a lot of, of students don't know, I mean, how to manage their, their own knowledge, how to manage their connection and all, all of these things. So that there should be, uh, I mean, as part of the uh, general education classes, a class on the, personal knowledge management, so people better understand how uh, they should manage uh, their knowledge, their, their connection, and everything related to, to knowledge management. And, and, and this could be useful for them in their uh, personal life, but also in their, uh, in their business life. So uh, yes, I agree that it should be happening much, much earlier than just, uh, I mean, getting a, a master's degree or a PhD in the field of, uh, of knowledge management. Yeah. So are we talking all the way down to, to like grade school? And the reason I bring that up is as you were speaking, I can remember like in middle, middle school, we had home ec, but home ec was a skill set about home economics. Is there a need for this at that level? I want to, to share about an Israeli program that we have for high schools. So first of all, I agree with Vincent that besides the speciality on knowledge management, we have to have a general class like we have English studies or other studies for all. And it's not only higher or, or lower, but it's for those who are not taking it as their profession. The same thing we believe has to be in schools. Now, in schools, again, you should have like you have math for all. I call it not knowledge management because management is for managing own organizations. So we call it knowledge handling. So we do not have yet a program for all the children, for all the youngers, but we already run six years now, a program where knowledge together with information and in the past year already with data analysis are taught as a specialty and, and children and youngsters in uh, high school learn it three years from 16 to 18. They are tested on it. They have final exams on it. They finish a stamp with a specialty with a professional knowledge, data, and information. And knowledge management is part of it. I would love if other countries decide to do the same. 
we will be very happy to share our experience and how the program started and advanced step by step and it still has a lot to, to do. I, definitely the needs there. I think it would be hard pressed to find anybody that said, oh, kids don't need to learn that. But it's almost like a vocational tech, another historic marker from years ago for those that may not be academic bound, uh, you know, looking for a job. So they had different skill sets available to experience in a real life situation. So I think there's an op opportunity there. Annie, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to kind of expand on that a little bit because we're, I'm going to straddle the fence a little bit. Education is supposed to support industry. And I want to bring back up something that I think what, like I said, when we move forward, we tend to forget some of the things in the past and you don't necessarily need to. Um, even in education, I, I do agree that we need to start teaching kids how to do system thinking, critical thinking early on. And you can do that as simple as giving kids blocks and letting them put things together so that they can see how the system actually is created. But you're looking at something like Bloom's taxonomy that says you must give them knowledge first so that they can understand how the components work together and you evolve it into them being able to apply it and then be able to supersede that by adding their ideas and stuff to it. So, but here's the problem. We have a divide here. We do need to teach in education starting early on. You can start as early as kindergarten of teaching these kids these skills and you move it up through college so that they're aware of it and it's already there to think outside of the box, so to speak. We have another path that's moving. We actually diverted from that. In an industry, we have a lot that don't think. The critical thinking and system thinking skills are absent. So not only do we need to incorporate it into the education system, we need to incorporate it into the professional development systems within our industries and within our organizations, or else we're going to wind up with problems again when we have students coming from college that are aware of this, and you have people who are experienced that aren't, and they're going to bump heads. So we got to look at both paths and knowledge is key to both of those paths. But how do we go back and get people to learn so that they don't have to go back and get a four-year degree? They use professional studies and they get certificates in the areas where they're lacking. So in the world of KMGN, what culture, what nation, what society is already doing this? Anybody? Other than program that is going on in Israel. Is there anybody that has applied this type of framework to a younger student? Not to our, not as to our knowledge. I want to connect to Annie's ideas very shortly because we see that in different countries, in the, also in the industry and also in the academy and also in schools, they are starting to think about the new skills of the future worker or the future citizen. And there, they are teaching to learn differently, to learn to learn, to critical thinking, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not so pessimistic. And that's not pessimistic, but you know what? If you go back to studies like with John Seeley Brown and Paul Strassman, you find that we introduce technology without thinking about the augmentation or where those pieces fit in. And when you look at it and you look at the total cost of putting something into place, you'll find that their studies and everything that they did, that this technology contributed zero to the performance of an organization and they cost more. So I'm, I'm optimistic about it, but I just think that those are things that need to be on our radar and that we need to incorporate that into um, the, you know, the paths that we're taking right now, which is academic as well as industry. It, it's not an easy task. It's like um, telling the ocean which way to go. It, it's just gonna take time and concerted effort by a lot of concerned people. 
I think the need is definitely there as far as the young generation having a better handle on critical thinking and knowledge flow. They're definitely digital natives to everything that's new to us in, in our lifetime. There are behavioral expectations that we don't naturally have, I, I'm, I'm generalizing, with somebody that's 10 years old. And I'm just saying for an age differentiation between skill sets, just, just like these innate skill sets, that doesn't mean they know how to manage knowledge or handle it well. So I think there's a big gap there and maybe we get back together here again in, in five years time and we'll all be singing a different tune, hopefully. In order to wrap this all up today, two things. One, I'm gonna go around the block here and I'm gonna ask everybody what knowledge management is. Who would like to go first? Come on, Annie's already got it. She's like, oh, I know this one. I know, come on, huh? come on. No, I don't know if I have it. I'm smiling because I'm thinking of it. <laughs> Knowledge management is the capacity to make better decisions under novel circumstances. Wow. That's like, that's like a bumper sticker right there. And then, by the way, that comes from the Mountain Quest Institute. That's not my definition. That's Dr. Alex Bennett's uh, definition. Good citation there, young man. Well done. Uh, Vincent, what's your definition? Well, to give a simple definition, I, I will say that's managing the flow of knowledge. And I think flow is, is important. I mean, and so, I mean, we know all the sub processes of identifying, capturing, storing, and so on. But if the knowledge doesn't flow, so it's about making the knowledge flow in your organization, mm -hmm. in and outside your organization. You get that fluidity. Yes. Uh, who's next? I'll do it. I'll do it. Knowledge management, and I'm coming from, you know, the value perspective, but knowledge management to me is the ability to leverage what is known in intellect and knowledge okay. uh, to add value add or performance gains. So I would say that knowledge management is, man is sharing, retaining, making accessible and developing the knowledge that has to do with an organization in methodological ways, and when it serves some purpose or some objective. If you do it only for good citizenship, it's not really management. You can share and you can speak with someone else. But when you serve something, do it with methodologies and act, you are moving the knowledge to somewhere very good, helping the organization to do better. I like all, all components of everyone's input. When someone goes to define what it is, there's a lot of themselves in that definition. And that's what I love about this. Let's talk about knowledge management and artificial intelligence. This is a course that is just about to wrap up. And this was a monumental course because it was how many weeks? This was like a half a year or something? Was this like a... What? Holy cow. And we met every Tuesday morning Eastern U.S. time at 0900. And uh, that was always over coffee for me as a young student <laughs> of this course. <laughs> Annie, it's not that funny. Um, Who wants to take, why was this developed? And I, I kind of have a feeling why, but why and how was it developed? As part of our decision to upgrade our vision of KMGN, and see how we can take KM to new places, we set up a team and we asked ourselves in this team, what should we do? And we wanted to go in three directions. One of them was 
adding, uh, developing new methodologies. The second had to do with new technologies and very fast we got to AI as one of the main ones in order and to, uh, to see how these things work together. And the third one where we didn't succeed yet was how to bring knowledge management to the public. We're looking at this direction. We set up a team. Vincent and Art were part of the team. Annie joined later on. And we start with, we have to have two main parts. One of them is explaining something that may be obvious to some people in KM, how KM can benefit from AI. And then we develop the other part is how AI can benefit from KM. We brainstormed, we worked on this course two years. Well, that was quite a process. So what have y'all learned in this process? We've gained even a stronger understanding of, of two things. Humans do certain things well and machines do certain things well. Computers and machines do computationally intensive things and humans shouldn't even be trying to do that. The flip side is humans are very good in, in, in intuitive judgment and those sorts of things. And to try and program intuition and consciousness into machines, it's crazy. Let humans do what humans do well, let computers do what computers do well, and bring those two worlds together. Humans can teach machines, which they have to in AI, there's, got, there's, there's a programmer in there somewhere. Humans are teaching machines, but then machines are teaching humans back. And the two together accomplish far more than either one alone ever could. Well, I have a, other than this cat's tail, I have something that's in front of me, which is uh, the only application I could think of that would benefit humanity in your description there, Art, is that if we just had AI for politicians, I think would help <laughs> greatly and get rid of the people. Okay. I think that'd be the one place where political structures could help the world if they were all artificial intelligence, because I think they're probably be outsmarted for the most part. Okay. Uh, who's next? What do you, what did you learn in the delivery and the birth of this concept of a course? I, well, I think I learned, and I, I like that you can't present KM in a vacuum. One of the resounding things that was coming across um, because we started opening with digital transformation because that's the overarching umbrella that integrates these pieces. And the key that they have to plan and you have to know your data. The good thing is emphasizing that knowledge management is not something that just comes in as one area of a project. It starts at the beginning and there are activities that flow all the way through, even into the operations. And I think that was coming across clear to people. The other thing um, that kind of jumped out there quite a few times is that we have a really big need that leadership needs to be educated. And again, that's one of those professional advancements so that they understand the language and the efforts and the activities that are necessary so that when they put these teams together, they bring the right players to the table, which includes the KMers that need to be there at the start. Thank you. I want to take to some other place. We had something like 80 participants, 80 students that learned together from 30 different countries around the globe. And we found that in different organizations, people are in different stages, but A, KMers are not really in most of them part of the game yet. B, all are struggling, 
but they all want to make a change. Every one and one of us is open to change, not only to learn some more materials, but to change and to integrate AI and KM that many of them are willing to try and uh, spread in their organizations. And that really says that we are all different, but we are all the same and we are really a great community. We, I'm very optimistic. That's a great way to be optimistic. I like that. That's got a great ring to it. Okay, Vincent, the guy with the coolest glasses on the show, <laughs> what do you got? Well, I think what we try to, to do really is to highlight, uh, I mean, as my friends mentioned, I mean, the opportunities for collaboration. I think AI project and KM project are still run very often in silos. And, uh, and we try to highlight, I mean, many opportunities for, for collaboration and, 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 uh, and uh, again, at, at different levels. So I think that's uh, one of the main takeaway. I think if, if the, the participant got, uh, got to see this opportunity and are willing to, to move them forward, I think we accomplished our, our goal. We also, I think, um, I mean, through the, the different vendors, through the different uh, case studies, we were able to see that, uh, I mean, that's not a dream. That is already happening in some organization. There are already some tools out there which can make this linkage and that uh, might benefit from both skills. So we are not just dreaming. This is slowly happening. We just would like it to uh, to boost this. And... Um, and get this better integration between human knowledge and, and machine knowledge, which are two different worlds. And as Art mentioned, there is a need to, for them to, to integrate them better or to have them interact interact better. So I think these are my main takeaways from, from this. Well, thank you very much. I, I find this very enlightening, not enlightening, empowering, because you're, you're bringing forth what I've always believed is a game changer for humanity and really pushing it forward in a very unselfish way. And I say that because you're, you're not doing it for the money. Cause if you figured out how many, how much you made by the hour for what you charged your pennies on the dollar for effort. And, uh, that to me screams what this profession is all about, which is just helping people right, is to deliver the knowledge that's needed to make a difference. And that's what you're all about. So thank you very much. You have a great day. And I appreciate your time and effort today and in the future, because you're going to come back. I know you are. Thank you, Edwin. Thank you, Edwin. Because You Need to Know is designed to bring people's experience and their knowledge forward to be shared. I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I thank you for joining in to listen to another conversation brought to you as a public service of Pioneer Knowledge Services, a nonprofit tax exempt organization with a charitable knowledge management purpose. Find us online at pioneer ks.org and add your voice to the conversation on Facebook.